I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. This is my home. Uh, once again, we've proved tonight that just lads in that team that we're walking to their teams. We've got heart, we've got passion. Uh, something that I don't think they have. <laughs> Still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable But in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life Welcome to Tales from the East End, episode 257. And uh, we've got a big show this week. We're going to catch up on the last two weeks. The Bowes game, the AGM, and the international break. There's Jack Byrne versus Rory Gaffney in the quiz. Most anticipated matchup of the round of 16. And um, we've got Derry fan, Kieran Roddy. He's going to help us look ahead to our trip to Ryan McBride Brandywill on uh, Friday. So, and we also have a special guest in studio, he is a newly appointed director. Uh, welcome to Tifties, Gary Parsons. Thanks for having me, Prof. Um, delighted to be here. Serious little man cave you have going on here, Prof. It's fantastic. Yeah. Books like, everywhere. You like the books? Yeah. I like the books, Prof. You know, I'm a fan yeah. of the books. Hey, would you be familiar with the Crumlin Kimage area yourself? Yeah, I'm not too... Uh, I'm, I, I do frequent... I do like an odd point craft beer down the four profs. Yeah, local alehouse. The local alehouse. Yeah, thanks for having me anyway, prof. Mm-hmm. Um, prof, no show last week, our last show, an hour and 25 minutes, a lot of unhappy people. Uh, as someone pointed out, not even a full game. Not even a full game. Mm. Um, there was a lot of Simpsons gifts thrown at us. Uh, Ross said, sack the new board. Um, we also had beard feedback. Gary, we had Phelan saying, Prof's beard is making a difference. Don't share it. Don't don't dare shave it off, lad. Uh, Orla actually felt that it calmed everyone on Saturday at the AGM. That's why World War Three didn't happen. Hashtag Rower's Peace. So I, I pointed out actually that we do have a 100% record with the beard. Superb so addition to the podcast. Have to keep it going. Yeah, a great signing. There was accusations... That I was trimming it and using some sort of beard oils. Not true until this past weekend. Now it is actually trimmed. I am properly man groomed. <laughs> and the beard came up in conversation at work actually. Um, because I was talking about. Yeah, we're doing beard small talk here. I was talking about 
I can't believe the amount of Guinness that gets trapped in the beard with the first sip. Like I take the first sip and my beard is just, or sorry, my mustache is just 90% cream of Guinness. And I just, it's shocking. It's such a waste. I'll and say one out of six points gets trapped in there. Garrett, funny you mention that. We've got stats here. Well, first of all, we started talking and we said someone should invent something to prevent this. And um, we were all we were ready to go on like Dragon's Den and all <laughs> as like the, some sort of mustache prop. But now, sure enough, it exists. Called Mogard Mustache Guard Drink Attachment protects your mustache and beard from beer, coffee, and other liquids made of flexible silicone. You actually looked this up. This exists, Gare. And um, actually, my barber made the point that the the Brits had some sort of old-fashioned thing where the mustache shape is on a mug. So you'd like you take a sip of the mug, and it's there, and it's, it's stopping. I, I'm all for these gadgets. <laughs> and then we had the gent coming in with the stats while well, he googled it basically, and he discovered that more than 160,000 points of Guinness per year is lost to facial hair, according to a 2002 study. According to scientists, yes, scientists actually. How did I even get that? Stuff? Research this guy, scientists. 56 milliliters of Guinness. Are trapped in a beard or moustache with each sip. Um, that's that's staggering stuff. <laughs> <laughs> staggering stuff. But uh, we move on to uh, that were the Guinness stats. How good is Harry Moore at doing the quiz on the podcast? Not phased when the players were questioned about him. So fantastic stuff from young Harry again, Prof. He's going to be yeah. stepping in sooner than you think. Yeah, you were saying to him. Um, you were there one night. Uh, it was the night that we um did uh, Jack and, and Rory and you were saying you love his little quips um, when Berkey said the questions were too hard and he goes well it is a quiz Graham <laughs> that was the best put down <laughs> in, in a long time yeah so I'm Jim Conroy again and Jim was just raving about him he just he would just stop and, and take a sip of a drink and just be like he's 12 <laughs> he's 12 really, he's got a big future yeah. ahead of him he's a great kid we have um yeah, like I said, the quiz this week. Um, we have one more after this, but it hasn't been recorded yet. That's uh, Johnny Kenny versus Dylan Watts. Um, once we complete that, we'll know our quarterfinal lineup. Still to buy the trophy as well, by the way. We um, uh, we have we have a specialist prop. Don't worry, we'll be looked after. Trophies online yeah. and tell it a good local business. Yeah, last week we had, or two weeks ago rather, Sean Durkin, delighted to have his name cleared. He's not the Fanta Bandit. But Gar, breaking news, I have a lead on the Fanta Bandit. I met the Fanta Bandit. I just don't know his name. I know who he is, Gar. He's going to be pointed out to me on the bus in Derry. <laughs> Shit's going to get real. Prof's bus. Prof's running the bus up to Derry. <laughs> he's going to, uh, with an iron fist. Um. So a Bowes win, 3-0 and Tala, the Derby win, Prof. Uh, very impressive crowd. Very impressive overall match day experience. Yeah, great performance, great night. Um, we had our first visitor, young Shane Gar. Yeah, to our pitch side sensory room and a brilliant initiative by the club. An autism friendly facility, a great success. So he had Hooperman for company as well. So a brilliant, mm. brilliant initiative trial run that was done on the day, and we will be continuing on hopefully with some more successful. Outings. Did you also see the new wheelchair shelter in the sales stand? Absolutely, yep. Yeah. 
I was talking to Merrill about it. I says, Merrill, you could get a couple of quid on that on daft.ie at this stage because it's some gaff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, it's brilliant. He'd be well protected from the pyro as well. Absolutely, yeah. He, he won't have to get a new jacket anytime soon, prof. So the build up, the sold out sign went up earlier that day. So All free tickets. Very, very hard to get your hands on a ticket. South stand in particular, main stand, east stand, everywhere. All stands, very, very tough to get your hands on tickets for this one, prof. Finn and Cavo started wing back and Richie Tell in the middle. So a little bit of a lie. change. I won't lie, I felt underwhelmed. Um, I wouldn't have started Richie, but... As it turned out, he was probably one of at least two, three best performers on the night. He was superb. <laughs> yeah. um, just the sight of Clark and Frugia warming up on the touchline actually warmed my heart. Get the fuzzy feels. They weren't even on the pitch. They were just doing sprints. And I thought, thank Christ. <laughs> and Excellent to see our fully fit squad back. And it's been a while. So credit to everybody involved in getting them back to full fitness, prof. It's great to see the bench full of game changers. It was described as a six-pointer, which was probably a six-pointer as you're going to get because we could have gone 10 ahead of them or we could have ended up... Uh, or Sorry. Um, yeah, 10 ahead of them or only four ahead. Um, I don't know if it was the biggest derby in ages. I think the one to start the season was arguably bigger, wasn't it? Because... Remember going into that in horrendous form? It's very nervy. That was a big one, and they were flying. I think Rory touches on our form as well. Going into that during the quiz, he touches on. I won't give too many many things away, mm. but in the quiz, he does touch on our form going into the first game out on Daily Mount, where we won two 0 slightly in the quiz because mm. there's a quiz question in there, Prof. Um. So, yes, of course, we had David Dunn, Prof, the fourth official. Fresh off his horrendous performance, uh, Talca Park. Uh, you asked why was the trophy pitch side? Well, it just caught me eye the corner of my eye. I was just thinking, why? Why is that there? It's I know it's a showcase possibly, and I just thought to myself, what's what, what's going on? It's I guess because it was version we're covering the game and it was a derby. Yeah, and, I think it, um, it, it, a showcase, wasn't it? Um, the commentary received a lot of complaints. We'll touch on that a little later on. Uh, it was Trevor Welsh and Keith Tracy. Um, so there was a gaff later on, which we'll, we'll discuss. But hmm. let's just talk about the overall package. And people loved that drone shot. And like the players were lined up just before kickoff. And you have the drone up high and you see the pyro and the full stadium. That shot alone... You're making League of Ireland football look epic. Proper in occasion. one frame, you're doing more than RTE do in most weeks. Actually, Barney said this, a quote from him here, because um, he he stuck it on on TV at home after the game. Yeah, Barney's quote was, what kid in Dublin watching that wouldn't want to go? I think it's more so a case of, like, I, I obviously bring my family to every game. And it's more of a case of taking a chance on a kid as well because a lot of kids don't know Irish football or live football. They see it on the TV and they play it on the streets and stuff like that. But I brought one or two Jaden's friends recently and packs out stand. It's good football in front of you. They're seeing their idols. They're looking up to these guys. They're going to remember for the rest of their lives. 
it's it's a no-brainer it really is and that shot that we were talking about was absolutely unbelievable you've got all sorts going on in the frame it's just a big packed out stadium drone view mm. absolutely brilliant stuff well done divergent but prof the first thing that happened in this game of football was a 50 50 with afalabi and grace and i just thought we're in for a tough night here because afalabi was well up for it in the first couple of minutes he was really, really. He was he was bossing people off the ball, but I think we we kind of grew into it. Ultimately, he was nullified. He we'll talk about this chance now in forty minutes, which was three minutes before we took the lead. Um, the the cross comes on the right from Clark, uh, but thankfully Cleary gets across the block, uh, which was crucial. Absolutely, yeah, unbelievable but, um, block. They didn't have a shot. On, did they have a shot on target? No, it was zero. No. It ended up being zero in the end. That was probably their best chance in the yeah. game. Um, so yeah, like I said, Gary Grace. So one nil, Grace. Forty three minutes. Third goal, third goal scored in a row. Prof stats, and Marcus Poom with the assist. Third goal from a corner in a row. Yeah, so set piece. When it's either a feast or a famine. Yeah. So Shelburne Dundalk balls three in a row. Yeah, and we hadn't scored in a long time from a corner, and then we get three in a row. Prof, so it's good to see yep. us switching it up. Grace using the back of his head. You called it Shepherd-esque. Yeah, do you remember that? The I was those bows as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, Shepherd was more deliberate. This was just a little bit more... Um, I think he was just thinking on his feet here, Grace, and it was a brilliant header to put us 1-0 up. Now, the marking was pretty bad, but um, nonetheless, we have the lead. Um, I think Grace was actually on media duty that week, funny enough. So, Brazzer was talking about him in the media about, you know, Spent what was it twenty five thousand from Galway in twenty seventeen? One yeah. of his best signings. I to this day I don't understand the dislike from some quarters of Lee Grace. I I think he's a brilliant defender. He he's he's just absolutely brilliant. He gets into my talent eleven. He yeah. just he's just my type of defender. You know he's all mm. blood and guts. He's a bit of compo- he's composed. He's 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 just absolutely class. And he stood up again here. And like I said to you before, one of my favorite performances ever. Was him in the semi final out in Dalia. Still one of my favourite performances of Manny Rovers player ever. He was immense that day. I think I mentioned this in the podcast before, but Stafford's cousin told me that he kept picking Grace first goal scorer. And and then I just turned to him, I think I think it was before a Bowls match in town. And I just said to him, You know he hasn't been the first goal scorer in a game in four years. And I could just see his heart breaking. <laughs> Four years, and so this was the first time. Now Lee Grace has he scored it. He's chipped in with some goals the yeah. last few seasons, but he's never the first goal scorer in the game for whatever reason. First time since Pat's three nil May twenty eighteen. So there you go. Oh my God, profit the stats. Stavros Cousin said he had him written out on the docket, and he changed the Burke. Once it goes onto the docket, I don't think he can change it. <laughs> so so first half performance, prof, excellent stuff. Um, Brilliant time to score, you know, we loved scoring just before the half. Excellent, excellent time to score. Go into the dressing room full of gusto. So, you uh, you enjoyed that first half, yeah? I did. Uh, we deserved the lead. I uh, thought we were really playing with confidence, creating chances. A lot of dangerous balls coming in from both sides. Uh, Cavo was getting forward, very adventurous. Um, Finner was rolling back the years in this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interviewed him afterwards, he was just... He was just like, oh, I'm knackered. <laughs> knackered from rolling back the years, probably. <laughs> yeah. Berkey, uh, Berkey's superb, um, especially first half. Um, His ability yeah. to hold on to the ball is 
unmatched in the League of Ireland. Bar maybe, who's up there with him? Maybe McElhaney. Yeah. Ability-wise, as in ball retention, very, very few players can hold on to ball like that. Jack would be another one as well. On his day, he's he's at Jack Byrne's level. Yeah. For <laughs> holding on to ball and passing ability. Um. Again, he, he always turns it on against Bowes, doesn't he? That game I talked about earlier, where we beat them. It's we, his derby, isn't it? Because he, he was there. Outra- the- I still remember that performance. He was outrageous that day. But yeah, no, we were knocking the ball a bit confidently. That was the away one in Dalier with yeah. the 2-0, wasn't it? 2-0. Scored. Ferrugia was just, nearly, was just as good as well. Yeah. Yeah, so all we had, we had Gaffney, Burke, Towell, O'Neill, Finn, all playing well at this point. Cabo was getting caught out a bit, 2v1. But going for on the ball, Cabo was brilliant in this match. You love those balls he drills into the oh, midfield, I don't you? Them. Love them. So you were in the South Sand Gar, weren't you? Halftime songs. What, what were we singing? Oh, it was magic. Uh Ballroom was bare. That one. The one, um a couple of others, the Mr. Sheen. Yeah. It was the atmosphere was brilliant, it was rocking. Um it's it's been a while since it's been rocking a half time like that. So mm. obviously the, the goal before half time really spurred them on, but big shout out to every fan in the South Stand, they really kept it going. Even better the Talba had to come into that goal as the songs were on. The way the way it falls yeah. every time he plays against it, it just doesn't seem to fall for him. <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't seem to uh he gets no luck when it comes to playing against Rovers. But prof second half we came out of the blocks absolutely flying and a bit of magic from Rory <coughs> Gaffney on the edge of the box totally meant this pass in my opinion I think it was a lovely little dink it looked like it took a deflection I don't think it did but superb uh, control from Ronan Finn and a telegraphed left footed shot I didn't expect him to finish it like this uh, I'm not having any deflections here actually I think uh, <laughs> totally agree with you how good is Gaffney for this goal just he cuts in he's all the way wide on the left no one knows what he's going to do. Most players, after coming that far, will either have a pop or make a wrong decision. He waits and he waits and he waits. And then just a controlled chip to Finn. Inch perfect. It's delicious. <laughs> it's delicious. And Inch perfect. Finner still has a bit to do here. And it's a great, There's it's great, a lot to do. That great finish, finish yeah. across the keeper, um, it's the last time I expected anyone mm. to do in that situation, not just Finner. So... Uh, re- really quick thinking and superb finish and the south stand erupts again the whole the whole of Telestadium erupts and it's uh, it's party time in the south stand yeah and Ed Sol says watch Bucko for this second goal he stands over the ball to stop us taking a quick one then he jumps out of the way for a true ball for Gaffney and this became a beautiful gif I noticed that and then we ended up scoring straight from yeah. that one so um Toward goal, prof. and your Gary, your criticism of Bucko was uh, put into a montage before the game, before a game which Bowes hadn't won or hadn't won anything this season. Odd time to make a montage ended up being quite prophetic and spot on. And then there was also which captain would you prefer, Buckley or Finn? And I think we answered that question. Which captain we prefer? Um, so that was. Finn's first goal of the season. I don't think he's scored since Hibbs in the Champions League. Tell me this. Finn has scored every season ever in his League of World career. He failed last year. Oh, he failed last year. Do you remember at UCD in the last day, he was trying really hard yes, to score? Yes, that's it. I remember yeah. it well, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. So, Prof. I had, um, I had the, the Finn stat. I'll tell you that in a moment. You probably might have probably heard that on, uh, on the social media. 
Um, the subs made an instant impact. Kenny actually played quite well when he came on. He forced a save from Talba. So Talba made a couple of good saves here as we're trying to make it 3-0. And then I felt Tra- Kenny had some had a point to yeah. prove. Fire in his belly came on, he really made a difference. And then Trevor Clare comes on and he makes a brilliant run down the right, uh, sets up a shot for Richie Tell, and again we're looking at the score. And then Ferruja comes on and then within sixty seconds, eighty one minutes scare. It's one of my favourite finishes from from uh any derby. It was very similar to Trevor Clark at Daily Mount, just opposite sides. And he just arrows it in, curls it over Talbot. It's a superb finish. And uh, once again, celebration time. A couple Go. of people mentioned that to me that it's like Clark's. Clark's was like, was like an arrow. Yeah, this is a little bit more. I know what you mean it. by the way he cuts inside. Yeah, yeah. it is reminiscent. But the, the actual strike reminded me a bit of Scooby because that's where Gary O'Neill shot from. Oh, not bad shit, actually, because yeah. there wasn't as much power as in yeah. Trevor Clark's effort in Daily Mount. So it's a great strike, yeah, on his right foot. Um, and this is what we're talking about the commentary um, Trevor Wa- Trevor Welch first of all he says Johnny Kenny take a bow then he says Faruga then he says Farugi yeah that sounds like uh, something you go to the chemist for isn't it how do you make <laughs> that many mistakes in a row on the same goal that's remarkable but footage of the the famous 2010 game went up on Twitter that morning I'm sure it does most derbies. Everyone loves that one where we're down to 10 men because Paggio booted a jib up the arse <laughs> and Twiggy <laughs> turns the man inside out. Uh, that, that famous game. Well, this was our biggest home league win over Bowes since that day. Profit a game that Brazzer played in. So long ago it was. But it was our biggest win over Bowes home or away since uh, 2016, the 4-0 Denny which Fenton was in charge and therefore it was the biggest under Brazzer. Yes, that's what the yeah. confusion was as regards to the reign of the, the manager and the win mm-hmm. margin. So 7,816 prof, um, super numbers, 7,816 screaming fans. Yeah, and the stats shows that we battered them. Uh, 11 shots on target to zero. Yeah, it confirms what you said there, Gary. No shots on target. Eight goalkeeper saves to Al zero. Al could have been wearing slippers. Had nothing to do. Um, the <laughs> Bowes fans, that was brilliant. After Ferugi's goal uh, flies in, you just see them streaming towards the exit. We can see you sneaking out. Absolutely fuming they were. Gar Brennan, prof, friend of the show. What a night. Talat was on wheels. Every player, to a man, showed up. Immense, <clears throat> and it was one of those nights where I actually struggled to pick a, pick a player of or a, a man the match because there was so many. And you know, it's a good thing when that always happens. We've had Saul as well, once again, just quote, took the words out of my mouth. There were so many man the match performances tonight, which is how it was immense work rate and cleverness absolutely outstanding from uh, Richie Tell. Yeah, Tell was actually just clattering into people, wasn't it? I don't know how he wasn't booked until. Late on the second half, he probably should have been booked in the first couple of minutes. Do you remember that challenge early on? In the game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like Gary Brennan says, every player to a man shows up. Um, questions were asked to the team, and the players answered. Absolutely answered. Um, and that's ten points out of twelve against Bowles this season. So, what what a return that is. Um, so is it 
time I'm sure it is seven league games left is the time for the player of the year question so don't do it prof if Gaffney was to win he would be the first back to back winner since Baz 2013-2014 I feel that a player of the year contender should be Roxy on Twitter just for pure consistency every Roberts tweet she's there Week in, week out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Consistent. She's there. She's so, so we're going to have a fan. Support. We're going to have a, a Twitter slash X player of the year as well. It's absolutely relentless. But anyway, Barney has uh, this and Rory Gapley. Uh, the best all-around striker I've ever seen in the League of Ireland. Easily. Literally does everything. He can finish with both feet and his head. He's very quick. He can carry the ball. He can pass. He can tackle. He can hold it up. He has a serious work rate. And he gives defenders a tough physical battle. Makes great runs in behind too. I love the man. Summed up in one. But how's your quizzes? How's your quizzes? Tune in. Stay. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um. Some calls for Dan Cleary, player of the year. Where would you stand there? Dan Cleary's been excellent. Um, he's been superb this season. I think he deserves a lot of plaudits as well. He came in at a tough time. He was a summer signing, wasn't he, last year? Am I right? He was, yeah. And he came in, he scored a couple of goals, he was excellent. So consistency-wise, he's been superb. You can't fault him at all, Prof. Um, a real a real battler, you know, a real battler of a centre-half. So, yeah, he's up there, he's definitely in the running. Um, it's a tough one, I don't want to get into it too much, because we're, we're jinxing things as, a, as we speak, so we won't get too much into mm-hmm. the player of the year talk. But the Trevor photograph as well, Trevor had a lot to prove. Good to see him coming back to football. We're not sure if he's full, fully fit, but he's back and he's making an impact. The Trevor photo, I'm sure everyone's seen by now, is where he's holding up the the three fingers to the crowd. Uh, Jonesy says, hang that in the Museum of Modern Art. Absolutely. Um, I think I'll be making that my fun wallpaper. I say a lot of people have. Uh, it has been the Ilves fans on the wall for a few years now. So I think it's due a change. Mm-hmm. So, media reaction, Gary. Yeah, um, I think... Did I did I read a couple of headlines talking about Rover and Ill Or a few a few of those. Pretty much saying that the, the league is, is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's the media, of course. That's, that's the newspapers. Which Even though the league table literally looks the same. It didn't change. So, it's nowhere near, anywhere near mm-hmm. done as well. It's a lot to play for. Probably a lot of points to play for. So... Um, I think a bit of a, a gut reaction from certain media outlets, but it's all to play for in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Brad, as I said, it was up there with our, one of our most complete performances, so very, very enjoyable game, Prof. And yeah. I think so, we can't argue with that. We didn't mention the balls. Penalty shouts. Um, the first one, Clark, you could say you could say it is a penal. Um, the second one, the tango with Finn, I don't think so. There was a lot of lot of decisions to be made. There was yeah. a lot of decisions to be made. So, like we said, biggest win over them in seven years. Could have been more. Like it could have been four or five. <coughs> we had a couple of very um, good chances to to really put it to bed. Yeah. So, like I said, talking to Finner post match, and I gave him the stat, and the stat was that that was his sixth goal against Bowes for Rovers, which is even more than Gary Twig on five. So I told him that he had now the joint most goals by a Rovers player against Bowes since leaving Milltown in 1987. So he was levelled on six with Trevor Malloy and Brandon Mealy. 
So I thought that was a nice little stat. Superb stat, yeah. Prof. I loved it when I heard it. And Finner actually, I mentioned that his first Derby goal was 2011. And he said, yeah, that's my favourite Derby goal. The header? Yeah, the last well, minute. Manus last minute might header. have an argument there. Yeah, we were down to 10 men. But Garibos do have a Leinster Senior Cup final to look forward to against Usher Celtic. Well, you're a big fan of, the, of that uh, cup, Prof. My article aged well there, didn't it? It did, yeah. The Leinster Senior Cup. You're uh, love yeah. an ode to the LSC. Yeah. Um, so the the, tr- the hunt for the treble, guys. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's on anymore. The Bows treble of league, FBI Cup, and Leinster Senior Cup. But uh, they did have a bit of a meltdown online, as he as they're wont to do, Gar. Uh, Declan Devine didn't seem to spend too long with the the Bows fans uh, in the corner there. I don't know if they were they having a having a go with the players or him. It's a tough result to take. Yeah, you can understand. He went those. over them for a second and he was back. Uh, Lambo was there in the yellow jacket and the woolly hat. Um, but yeah, at least some some silverware finally guaranteed here. The Leinster Senior Cup Monday the eighteenth, Danny Mount. Big moment for them. Big cup final, profit other results. The prediction league. I think I had my worst week ever. I I got like sixteen points. I got everything wrong. I had a Tommy Tommy, so brutal. But other results. Uh, shells came from behind to be Pat's two one at Talca and Duffer. Really, really enjoyed that one. There was some good, some great videos coming from Talca Park. And energized Damien Duff to say the least, and um, doing us a favour, Prof. Yeah, the biggest game in Ireland. He said. Uh, Pats and Shelburne. Did you see the father Ted spoof for their new signing? Yeah, yeah. I don't know where that where the inspiration came from there, but uh, I like something like that. I think it's I think it's good. It's creative. The John, the John Gill part made me laugh. Then, oh, but that's that's what I. I it yeah. was John Gill, wasn't it? I knew yeah, I was yeah. laughing. Um, Derry, your man just looked confused. <laughs> no, yeah, I, obviously, I don't think he'd be a big fan of Father Ted now. To be honest, uh, Derry won't cover me at Oriel. Um, two minutes yeah. in. They took the lead. Uh, Rory Keaton hat-trick on his return. An emotional return for Rory Keaton back to football. And yeah. um, a hat-trick on his return. So, and uh, then there was an incident at Longford as well. So <clears throat> that's gonna they're going to play that out between the two clubs, Longford and Kerry. So uh, and Longford sh- are denying that it happened. Um, the incident of uh, uh, racism. So uh, watch the space for them. In terms of Derry, uh, they went on to beat UCD 5-0 in the midweek games. That was their game in hand. So they're, they add into our goal difference advantage there. So it's now plus six, which is, which is still worth still a point. Still good, yeah, yeah, when you say that. Still yeah. worth a point. And then you think, we to play UCD as well um, the week after this. But Derry actually have UCD at home again. So there you go. You know, I know you don't like looking at the run in. I know, but when it's UCD, it's like you have to I factor know. that in. It's it's a it's a, they're all tough games, prof. They're all tough the, games coming into. You the really are a director. They're all tough. <laughs> they're all tough games. Shells are only a point off balls, and Sligo have been sucked down there. Only three points off relegation yeah. sp- uh, playoff. Starting to struggle. They're starting to struggle. Um, prof up next. We have a. Very entertaining quiz. It's Jack versus Rory. Welcome back once again to Questions from the East End, the podcast quiz. I'm Harry Moore, your quiz master for today. And our penultimate match up in the round of 16, it's the tie of the round. It's Jack Byrne versus Rory Gaffney. So welcome, lads. Hi. Thanks. 
there's definitely um, a future in this for you, buddy. <laughs> thanks, Jack. See um, you working the programs and all in a few years. Yeah. Um. How's the injury going, Jack? Not too bad. Yeah, should be sorry. I should be back tomorrow. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> um. I know you'll be available anyway, Rory. But um, I just want to ask you lads a quick question. Um, your favorite moment of the season so far? Um. Um. Go on, Rory. Put me on the spot there, now, Jack. <laughs> I'd say honestly, I'd say uh, probably your goal against Derry that was a big game, Rory. Yeah, or even maybe earlier than that, we beat Bowles away after a bad start. Um, oh yeah, I think Neil scored, didn't he? Did yeah, score? that was a good. Yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, uh, who scored? Who was, was the second? I'm gonna say Bowles away the first game. Yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, uh, who got the second in that game? I think it was you, Rory, at the back post. I, I think was, it came Rory. from your yeah, free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so that's your lad's favourite moments then, yeah? Do we get a <laughs> yeah. point for that? <laughs> no, it'll get harder. But um, <laughs> so here's the rules for the quiz. The first pair to get five correct answers wins and advances into the quarterfinals. I'll take turns asking you questions, switching between football and general knowledge. And you have 20 seconds to respond. If your answer is wrong, then your opponent is allowed to steal. So the prof is here as normal to keep time and score. So if neither Jack nor Rory can reach five points after we've gone through our entire pool of 20 questions, then whoever is ahead at the time is declared the winner. If somehow it's still a draw in the end, I have a question here for you, which will be used as a tiebreaker. It also determines who gets to go first which could be an, an advantage, like a coin toss in a penalty shootout. So here's your tiebreaker question. Whoever gets it right, or whoever is the closest to the number, goes first. So Jack, you'll tell us your answer, and then we'll hear your, yours, Rory. Okay. So the question is, how many penalties were taken in total, both scored and missed, in a dramatic and historic penalty shootout, between Rovers and Finnish side Ilves in the 2020 Europa League tie in Tala. So how many penalties were taken? Uh, from, from us or...? Uh, both teams, and it can be scored or missed. Uh, there was 25. Okay, over to you, Rory. 26. That is correct. It was 26. It's sausage. Yeah. <laughs> finished 12 11 to Rovers. Can you name the player who missed that one penalty? Oh, I did. <laughs> it was you, Jack. Yeah. I'll take yeah. that one all. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so Rory, you're going to start. And I also just want to let you know I have yellow and red cards here in case you're nagging me or anything like that. If there's any. Complaints, then you'll be booked. Yeah, Rory is red haired anyway, so he'll run. <laughs> okay, so Rory, you won the tiebreaker. You're going to start. Simon Power spent three years at which English Championship club? Norwich. Norwich City is correct. Yep, well done, Rory. Point to you. Easy, that. Would you got it? Tell the truth. I would have got that, yeah. I followed his career quite quite closely. 
Okay, this is for you, Jack. Only yep. one player has more assists in the league than you, Jack, this season. You have um, got five assists and this player has seven. He plays for a club in the bottom half of the table. Who is he? Uh, I definitely have more than five. 100%. Dale Rooney. That is uh, correct. Dale Rooney of Drada United. So 1-1. One, one. This is for Rory. In what country would you find the city of Winnipeg? Canada. Yes, correct. Well done, Rory. This is for you, Jack. No, we wouldn't have. <laughs> okay, Jack. Completed it, mate. Which <laughs> game did Jay from the Inbetweeners complete? Football manager. <clears throat> Yes, that is correct. Well done, ah, that's me. That's, that's me. You're actually, you're actually the James from Betweeners there. Yeah, so that's me twin. <laughs> to all, you've um, both scored all your questions, correct? Rory, after Roy Keane left Old Trafford in 2005, Eamon Dunphy went on an infamous rant about a Sunday Times journalist to a shocked Bill O'Herley on RTE, who, and I'm quoting Dumpy here, left his wife for a young one. Journalist? Your bro- question kind of broke up there. So, uh, who is Eamon Dumpy gave out about someone? Yeah. Um, he went on an infamous, infamous rant about a Sunday Times journalist. Uh to a shocked Bill O'Herley on RTE. Come on. So who am I quoting here? I haven't a clue. If Jack Byrne gets that, I'm shocked. He you doesn't have make... about it. Okay. No, I don't know. Can I steal I... this? Yeah, you can steal, Jack. Do you have an answer? It's Rod Little. He's the oh, fellow. Oh, very good. Jack, one. that is correct. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Shout out Rory's... to Eamon. <laughs> Rory That's is a... shocked I can't now. believe you didn't know that. <laughs> Fair play, Rory. Oh, Jack. Um, <laughs> here you go, Rory. This is for you. Name for three. No, this is for. Um... Oh, sorry. Yeah, it is for Jack. Sorry, sorry. Which Italian club did Robbie Keane once play for? Ah, come on. <laughs> look at the questions. Look at the questions you're giving Jack. Easy peasy. Come on, lad. Rod Little, Just give it out, will you? General knowledge question. Prof, step <laughs> in here. <laughs> Jack. You have to answer though, you're on the clock, so in the Milan. Time. Yep. Yes, correct. Hang on, that's four to the jack, yep. I'm flying here. Why being Rory? In here, that was Rory. supposed to be a general knowledge question. Look at Rory, the hamsters now, are yeah. running around. Steady, there, Rory, steady. Don't want to give out yellow cards. Oh, <laughs> um, okay, so Rory named three members of the Beatles. So first names will be accepted. John, Ringo and Paul. That is correct. Well done. So next question. This is for you, Jack. Yep. Who played the part of Eamon de Valera in the 1995 film Michael Collins? Chance to uh, Oh, what's his name? <laughs> I think Rory knows this. Nah. I know it as well. Oh, big snozzle on him he has. 
아. Seconds Got the card flying there, Jack. I can't think. 20 seconds. I don't know. Can't think. Can't think. You don't know this, Rory? I do know, you? but I can't get it now. No, I don't know. Okay, Rory, uh, do you have an answer? No, no. Okay. The answer is Liam Neeson. Oh. oh. Yeah. Okay, so th this one's for you, Rory. So chance to level it up. 4-4. Four, four. Zlatan Ibrahimovic and which other player scored for AC Milan in Tala in 2020? I can see the goal, just don't know who scored it. I don't know. I know I think I know his nationality, but I don't know who he, I don't know his name. What what was the question? Um Zlatan Ibrahimovic and which other players scored for AC Milan in Tala in twenty twenty? Uh can I steal that? Yeah, go yeah. on. Yeah. Chung Chung whatever his name is. Turkish left. Turkish, yeah. Um Say that again, Jack. Chagalogu, or whatever his name is. Players for Inter Milan at AC, uh, Inter Milan now. I, yeah, I think, yep, yeah, you've got that correct, Jack. Hakan Kalhanoglu. Kalhanoglu, yeah. Hang on, thank yeah. you. Ah, we'll, we'll, we'll give him that, we'll give him that. Can't take that okay. one away from me. Football knowledge is second to none. That's the win, 5-3, yeah. That's 5-3. Jack, congrats. You've made that it is. to the quarters. Oh, yeah, done. Easy. Oh, this, this fella calls himself an accountant. <laughs> robbed. Boy, oh. Lord. Absolutely robbed. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible that was. <laughs> Unlucky, Rory. Jack, you're into the quarterfinals now. Rory, hang on a minute. What's going on here, mate? Gav. Speechless. What's going on here? <laughs> Unlucky Rory. The wrong one cost you. That's what, that's what cost you in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something else, but shall we leave it at that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord, honestly. Well done, Harry. Thank you. I didn't have to dish out any cards. I think um, it's good enough, so... Unlucky Rory, Jack, into oh, the right, waters. You are like a young, you are like a young Ryan Tuberty there, you are. <laughs> Jack, all the best for the rest of the competition. Thanks, pal. Really appreciate that. So, Jack, a bit of a football knowledge buff, prof. You could tell he's a lo he's love for the game. I think he, I think he, what did he say? Something about Rory. He calls himself an accountant. <laughs> he said. Yeah, they were slagging each other even even off air before going in. Um. Yeah, my accusations of making that easy on Rory, but or on Jack, but a it just got it was the way the, f the questions fell to him, and the fact that Rory stumbled on the rod a little one. There he, was an he, element of that. If he hadn't stumbled there, I he'd don't did, think Rory would. He'd have probably took it home. He'd yeah. probably he'd probably been into the quarters and, and he took that one home. Two things I should make: a one is a mistake on our part, and that is who played De Valera in the Michael Collins film. It was actually. Alan, Alan Rickman. Rickman but we gave the answer as Liam Neeson luckily it didn't matter because they both got it wrong yeah but uh, that was a mistake on our part in terms of the Jack assists now right I actually did look into the assists now if you look on the league website I love how determined you are to prove the, the Twitter if you look at the Twitter right it has Jack 7 level with Dale Rooney but what I did was 
McDara uses Y Scout. So this is like the official data that the league uses. Yeah. And that has Jack on five. So that's what I went by. Now you heard Jack saying, I have way more than five. According to the league on Twitter, he does have seven. So I don't know who to believe now, but there you go. And coming off the pitch after we beat Bowes, um, I'm kind of just standing at the, 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 at the edge of the tunnel there. Everyone's happy. 3-0. Derby win. Gaffney's played well. He sees me and he gives me a death stare, Gare. An absolute death stare. He held it for about 10 seconds. He is not happy with me. The quiz? My favourite player, Gare. He's not happy with me. So he's just so everybody's <laughs> celebrating and he's not... He's, he's, he's locked eyes. Well, as he's heading towards the tunnel, he sees me and he... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. So, um, yes. Excellent, excellent occasion at Tallis Stadium. 7,800 people jammed into Tallis Stadium, Prof. Fantastic stuff. So then, Gary, the following day, we had uh, the Memorist Club AGM. Now, we have never have talked about AGMs on this show before, and this will be no different. But uh, we had Green Blood, new pod item, Memorist car- Board Corner. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, Green Blood's idea. Unbelievably, Gary, the only Rovers person involved in a scrap that Saturday, as it turned out, was Barney. And even that was sanctioned. Yeah. Official. Who the Kickboxing champ. Good yeah. old Barney. Congratulations on your win. You Training go. hard for the last couple of weeks. There you go. After all the build up. But there, if you remember, you obviously know what went down on Saturday. So we don't really need to cover it. Uh, we do know a couple of things such as uh, Mick McCarthy doesn't need a microphone. No. <laughs> uh, that was confirmed. Uh so then we have uh, the women, Gareth. Two 4 nil wins this past fortnight. Two 4 nil wins for the women. So the past fortnight, yes, Prof. It is um, two Tonkins, a double Tonk for the mm-hmm. ladies. And they are starting to motor now, Prof. Tell us all about it. So the recent one was 4 nil at home to Sligo. We had t- uh, we had a brace for Anya. Uh, her first Tata appearance since the World Cup. Um, the first one... She says she meant it. It was from long range. It was kind of hard to tell as as it went in. She, I would give him the credit. She off. claimed she meant it. Then she scored from the penalty spot. Then a good move for goal number three. Hashtag Coddy Ball. Uh, so Leo O'Leary. Uh, <laughs> and I asked him about Coddy Ball and he laughed. It was, it was gas. And then we had a first goal for the club for Scarlett Heron. New signing. And she was player of the match as well. So she's settling in well. Um, the signs in the crowd are even getting more creative. One, um, I mean, Macker's number one fan. Um, I think that's often there. But now we have Heno, the wall who stops the ball. The wall who stops the ball. A bit of a ring to it. Mm. This is Jess, I'm guessing. This is Jess Hennessy. Yeah. Uh, we also had... The rock some, at the back, Prof. We also had, for some reason, a Dylan Watts FIFA card. At a women's Just, game, which... I, Probably someone picked it up on the way in. As you do, yeah. But like I said, um, yeah, Hannah Dunn, excellent stuff. She did three post-match interviews. And Cody, Cody came in hot. Like, he, we just won 4-0 and he's angry. But then Hannah cheered him up with his questions. And he actually said, literally, like, that's, that's twice now you've, you've, you've cheered me up. Um, there was also a stat for Anya Garman, 195 goals in the Whoa. women's national league and she wasn't aware of it 
She wasn't aware she that wasn't she scored 195 goals. That's a lot she of goals. She wasn't aware that she was close to 200, so that's a milestone she can target. Uh, great weather gear for a change at the women's game. It'll Absolutely be, scorching on Saturday. It's always bleeding raining for these women's matches. Um, so yeah, like I said, the, the, the term Coddy Ball has been coined <laughs> and it couldn't be further from Croddy Ball 10 years ago. Um, so the previous week was a 4-0 win away in Cork and that's where the, the Coddy Ball came from because the second and third goals by Abby Larkin and Stephanie Zamber were especially good. And then you had Ralph and O'Kane. Playing some fantastic football, yeah. bro. Ralph and O'Kane got on the score sheet as well. In that game, though, goalkeeper Amanda Budden came off with a knee injury. She had been ever present. So now it's Summer Lawless in goal. And uh, she has two clean sheets so far. Wish her all the best in the recovery, bro. Yeah. And just on on the, the post-match interviews with Hannah, the camera cameraman is not Graham, it's Leo. Who does the women's matches? Uh, so fair play to Leo for, for doing that every Saturday, but he's not in the SRC media team group chat, Gary, which I'm not happy about. Add Leo in the group chat, justice for Leo. Like, that's what the beard is for, actually. We got to get I'm him growing a this. Has he in, got a jacket? I'm growing this in protest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a strike. Yeah. Um. So um. And loss for Ireland prof 2-1 at home to Holland all the hope in the world when Adam Eda stepped up great penalty stroked home and then it ended up in a 2-1 loss yeah so I didn't think I mean there was a minuscule chance was there of a of a like a playoff route into the Euros um, but I mean what's that three three defeats out of four um, so the reports are in the examiner that Stephen Kenny's reign will come to an end and Lee Carsley in the England setup will be approached as his replacement uh, not confirmed as we as we speak here but that's that's what's been reported um, Tommy Torrey points out that Maccabi Tel Aviv are top of the Israeli league so Give it to Robbie Keane for the rest of the season. Robbie there you Keane's go. had a good start to his life in Israel. And we actually had this on in the four provinces, Gary, because you texted me and said, come down for a point. And when you said that, I thought that meant a, a quite little point with ourselves and the reach, maybe. I didn't realise that the whole bleeding extended Parsons Mandiangu clan will be just randomly taking over Crumlin Pub on a Sunday. Yeah, and we even had old Pat Martin pop in with his mate Dave. Pat was there, yeah. We had a, we had a mob. He certainly did. We had we a even, mob. You even had the daughter behind the bar pulling the points. I know, yeah. She pulled me yeah. before first ever point as well. Proud day. Yeah. A proud day. I taught her, I taught her the best, bruv. She reunited with old man Kilmartin. Remember she coined that? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't even the right guy. It wasn't even him. It wasn't even the right guy, yeah. I am concerned, though, that half of the urinals in the men's toilets have been blocked off so what's happening here we're are working we, on it. are we heading towards gender neutral we're working on a prof i actually don't it, make me rant again i'm not sure i'm not sure about the direction of the toilets in the far prof <laughs> but i'm hoping it gets better call for it right now i'll give him a show and sort something out yeah. um then we had uh under 21s so a late winner against turkey at Turner's Cross, so 96 minute winner from Idamo. Uh, great finish Lovely by him. Lovely finish. Yep. 
Excellent stuff. Um, Johnny Kenny played the match, and uh, Leaves are actually popped down to to watch him. A bit of moral support from the players and the teammates. Yeah. Very good. And um, we were happy to see Sinclair Armstrong come off the bench in the the senior game to make his uh, senior international debut. Yeah, he looks former Rovers Academy he graduate. Looks menacing, doesn't he? As a footballer, yeah. he looks really, really on. Just like he's gonna, he's gonna make it, isn't he? Yeah, Afalabi was actually uh, called up at the same time. He emerged from Pico's pocket to join up with the Irish camp. Uh, didn't actually play. Um, but Gar goal of the international week goes undoubtedly to Liechtenstein. Did you see that goal? Was this an overhead? This was Sully esque. Oh, you sent it to me. It was yes. brilliant. It was absolutely. Imagine like not scoring a goal for a year. And then you scored that. I I probably just put the the sub sign up. I probably just go, yep, <laughs> I'm done. That's never getting any better. So yep. just get me over here. Uh, congratulations to Rory Gaffney, nominated for the Player of the Month for August. So well done, Gaff, on your nomination. Yeah, on top of his back to back Player of the Month, well deserved club awards. Yeah. And Pico, Roberto Lopez has started and played the full 90 minutes for Cape Verde in a 3-2 defeat to Togo in their final game of the AFCON qualification group. So the Blue Sharks finished second in Group B behind winners Burkina Faso and advanced to January's tournament in the Ivory Coast Prof. So another adventure mm-hmm. in Africa for Pico. So um, there has to be a little memoir or a book being in the works, Pico's diaries, you know. Uh, Marcus Poom introduced off the bench late in Estonia's defeat to Sweden and Tallinn. And he started the game against Belgium tonight. As it stands, Prof, I think he got taken off at half-time. Unfortunate result, I think it ended up 5-0. But a bit of a talking, but um, it's, it's it's good experience for the guy. Hopefully he comes back unscathed for the big game on Friday. Do you notice there was some Estonian fans in Tallinn? I saw that, yeah. uh, With the Estonian flag and Marcus got a photo with them. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Um, uh, This comes in from Amo Mack in the States. Evan Ferguson hat-trick. Another trophy for Bowles. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Amo Mack, the uh, currently dishing out some of his own memorabilia, makes up emblems. And he went with a Ramon slash Rovers yeah logo t-shirt absolutely brilliant and you've got an eagle it says north south west east and you've got the eagle in one hand holding a beer is it i think and the other one and the other one's a flare yeah. I, I had to zoom in, in the flare i was like is that candy floss or what is and that? it's his body is now uh a rover's crest so if you're interested get in touch yeah. with us or aim on mac it's actually um, class it's really it's yeah. really cool that's what we think we're trying to do get more merch out there make the south stand look deadly um Liam Scales, Sky Sports on the matchup. Ibrox, I watched this one and his centre, the central defensive partner, he had to cover him a couple of times and Liam Scales was superb. X, his passing has gotten much better, I've noticed as well. So brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, finally, in the Europe, in Europe, we have Bradeblick and Klaxvik. Their groups were revealed. Go on, I didn't see this. Um, How did I miss this? One? I don't have them right in front of me. I just know that that Bradeblick got Ghent, which is an interesting one. It's mad, isn't it? The way it goes around. Claxford got a few interesting trips. I think they got France and they got Bratislava, and I can't remember the third one. That one passed but, me, boy. I must check it out. Yeah, Newcastle's group was unbelievable, wasn't it? PSG, Dortmund, Milan. Like, well, come on, what, that's, what in a way? It's outrageous. You probably won't get a ticket, but I mean, come on. Unbelievable! There was uh, Barney Senior was telling me they have sixty one thousand season ticket holders, 
and another 2,000 season tickets got released pre, just before the season started, and I think there was 31,000 applications. So it's a highly, highly sought after in Newcastle, and they've the been man. like that for a long time, though. Newcastle yeah, have yeah. been like that for a long time. They have had a loyal support, but Prof, we have some academy results here, Prof. We're going to hit it up. It's the Roadstone Project. Wins for all sides last weekend. Under 19's 2-1 win at home to Drogheda. And the ladies 6-1 win away to P-Mount. Very impressive. 7-1 win for the men. 17's up in Derry Prof. Hopefully we can re we can uh, emulate that one on Friday. Seven different goal scorers in that one. Seven different goal scorers. And the 15's in a cracker of a 3-2 win away to Shells. I believe there was a hat-trick there Prof. Yes, my goodness. A my hat-trick by goodness, goodness like Bonner. And a, an absolute humdinger of a game, 6-4 in Cork City. So our 14s having a, a fantastic weekend there, Prof, in the Roadstone. And the last weekend's results as well. We've got more, Prof. We've got more. We've got a 3-2 win for the 19s away to Shells as well. These are some cracking games here, Prof. The ladies won 3-1 against Shells as well. Our men's on their 17s won 2-1. In UCD, our ladies were beating 3-1 on their 17s, unfortunately, in Wexford. And our men's on their 15s were beating at home 3-1 by Pats. And our 14s in an absolute screamer of a game, Prop 4-3 win out in Shells. So our 14s as well. So uh, we're entertaining, if anything. And a big well done to Orlando's Yakas, who has been called up to Lithuania for an under-19 international training camp and two friendly games against Georgia. So big shout out to Orlando's. Mm-hmm. So fantastic stuff from him, Prof. We keep churning them out. That must be rare enough, isn't it? A Rovers player to be called up by an, a foreign underage. There's, there's one before that. It's on tip of my tongue. Was he Polish? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's here, it's somewhere. Um... Yes, so we had Freddie Turley in the 19s and well done to James Roach, Sean Moore and Iko Razi who all featured in the men's under-17s. Nil all draw with Belgium on Saturday. So big, big shout yeah. out to all of our uh, Roadstone uh, prospects. And we had five of our women's players involved in the Ireland women's 17s friendlies last week as well. So fantastic stuff, Prof. Really, really is. We're flying at that level and speaking of Ike the club wished him all the best with his move to France as he joins League 1 side Stade de Reims a hugely talented player that came to our club through our partner Club Cordover FC where he played since the age of 5 so uh, all the best to Ike Orazi a uh, fantastic player so prof up next we have Kieran Ruddy so we're joined now by Kieran Ruddy he's a Derry City fan and he's going to help us uh, preview the big game at the Ryan McBride Brandywell on Friday. So, Kieran, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Carl. Well, first of all, how did you get into following Derry? Uh, do you remember what your first game was? Uh, yeah, it's actually it's quite a vivid memory, actually. Um, it was uh, 1984, I think it was kind of maybe January or February. Um, it was at Derry v. Monaghan. Uh, I remember it was snowing, and I remember that Peter Hutton scored. We won 2-0. Um, so I mean, I think for a for a five year old as I was then, this was quite a a vivid recollection. Um, but no, my, my dad um, took me to the games. He was previously involved with the club, um, so um, yeah, um, he took me to my first game, and you know, I've been going pretty much ever since. Have you always lived in the city, or have you moved elsewhere in the meantime? 
So, um, yeah, I've lived in I lived in Derry most of my life. Um, I'm currently in Belfast, um, but you know, it's it's not very far from Derry. You know, it's it's an hour away at the moment. You know, we've got this new road that we love telling everyone about. Um, so uh, it's not too far away. Um, it's great for me on Fridays because you know I normally be going one or two places um, home for a home game, or maybe it's a shorter jaunt down to Dublin. Um, yeah, for uh, an away game. You know, are there many city fans based elsewhere in Ireland, Dublin, Belfast, for example? Um, I don't think there's that many. Um, I, I mean, I, I could be wrong about this. I'd say there would be a large number of, of Derry fans who, um, well, I, I think there'll be a large number of people who would call themselves Derry fans in you know places like Belfast, for example. But uh, not that many of them who would be match going, particularly away match going. Um, but uh, I would um, get a, a lift down to games every now and then with uh, a friend of mine who's uh, a fan uh, in Belfast. Um, but uh, there used to be much more visible um, match going presence from from Belfast. It used to be a Queen supporters club uh, back in the day. Um, but uh, I, I think perhaps one of the more obscure places that we we have kind of fans from is, is Russia presently. Uh, I know there's three or four lads who are uh, big fans over there, and um, you know that I know they definitely made the, the effort to go to the the European games. One was uh, I think there was maybe a a, a plenary section of their supporters club in uh, the Faroe Islands, and then um, I know that one of the guys was was over in. Uh, Tobol for the um, for the game in Kazakhstan, um, but uh, yeah, there used to be a Dublin Derry uh, City Supporters Club as well, but I'm, I'm not really sure whether that's uh, in operation. But there, there would certainly be um, a contingent down there. You sort of answered my next question there about your match day routine for home games, but uh, what about away games? Would you travel often, and would you have a favourite sort of away trip you did, whether it be Ireland or somewhere in Europe? Um, or yeah, well, in terms of away games, I, I'd like to travel as often as I can, really. Um, so I, I would like to, I, I get the multiple away games, um, every season. I was down in Tala for the, uh, first away game, um, of the year. I missed the second one. It was, I think it was during the week. Um, but, uh, least favorite ground would probably be Oriole Park, uh, but I think we, we probably have that in common. Um, or the guards always were really uh, awkward with Rovers fans down there as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, really, I, I went to Finland this year um, for the the Coops game, and um, I suppose there's probably a degree of recency bias, but um, that's probably um, the the best away day that I can think of um, off the top of my head. Um, but uh, that I suppose the Coops fans were very hospitable, very accommodating, but they were they were dead sure they were going to give us a good doing over there. So um, we weren't really sure what we were in for. We would have settled for a boring draw, um, but at the end of we got a very entertaining draw, and we went through in the back of it, and the, the crack was just uh, it was fantastic. And I'm, I'm sure you know yourself, you know, when you get a scalp away from home in Europe, it's it's hard to beat. Who will be some of your favourite players since you've been a fan? Oh, 
there's quite a lot to choose from. Um, I, I suppose when, when when you know the uh, some of the players, you know, it's it's quite um, difficult to you know um, <laughs> pick which one's your favourite. Um, so, uh, well, I mean, Liam Coyle obviously stands out as a favourite. Um, you know, he's uh, he's just an absolute legend in the league and um, talent. Um, uh, like far, like his capabilities went far beyond uh, the League of Ireland. Um, just a shame for him that uh, he got the injuries that he did. Uh, I was a big fan of David Ford as a goalkeeper. Um, I, I was a goalkeeper myself, so um, I, I always admired him. Thought he was fantastic. Uh, Kieran Martin was always a, a big fan's favourite and certainly one of mine. Scored some huge goals for us and um, was one of the few players who actually paid to play for for Derry City, I don't know if you remember um, when uh, I think Fenlon was in charge at, at uh, Shells at the time and Kieran had signed a pre-contract agreement with them uh, and uh, he, he had a, a, a change of heart uh, before the end of the season when his contract ran out of Derry and ended up paying Shells out of his own pocket um, so that he could renew his contract at Derry City. Um, so that, I suppose that those would just be a few of uh, um, my kind of uh, long-standing favorite players presently, um, you know, there's uh, there's a any amount of players in the team that, that you know there's we, we have so many likable players at the moment. Uh, uh, Fats um, is just just such a great guy to watch. Mickey Duffy um, and then like Cameron McJanet. Uh, I don't know if you followed him too much, but you know he's actually our longest-serving player at the moment. He's um, an English guy um, from uh, Milton Keynes. And, you know, he's just, he's been living in the city for the past four or five years and he's just really taken the city to heart. And um, he just feels like an integral part of this stage. Um, Todd, your dad is Jim Roddy, former yeah. chairman. Uh, what's it like having family involved at a high level at the club? Um, I suppose it just becomes, you know, uh, your you know the 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 beating heart of your every day you know um like our house growing up was just Derry City mad um you know it was just everything was about Derry City um and uh I suppose it's less intense these days um from that perspective uh my dad isn't involved anymore and we can just go to games with each other and uh, I would sit beside him at home games and you know it's it's perhaps more enjoyable and less stressful uh, my co-host Gary wants me to ask you this: best place to to get a point of Guinness in Derry? <laughs> um, uh, as a Rovers fan, or uh, you know, in general? In general, so yeah. Uh, well, my my local's uh, the Park Bar, uh, which is, it's walking distance from the Brandywell. It's near the cathedral. I'd normally go there um, before uh, and or after uh, home games. Um. It's great for a pint of Guinness, uh, but I, I mean, there's there's plenty of good spots in Derry for, for Guinness. It's 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 pretty good. Uh, Waterloo Street is hard to uh, go wrong on. Um, I'd say if there's a, like a, a large group of of, uh, of Rovers fans, I'd say that's probably the best place to go. Um, Badgers, um, there's where there's a Derry Girls mural. Uh, it's in the city centre, but again, it's it's walking distance really to the ground. Um, it does a great pint. Um, so yeah, no, there's there's plenty of of, uh, of good places to choose from. 
So we'll talk a bit about this season. You had the two uh, penalty shootout, heartbreaking exits in the Cup and Europe. Uh, since then, in the league, it's been three away games, drawed balls, wins at Dundalk and UCD. That was your, your game in hand on us, so that puts you four points behind us. Uh, what have you made of the last sort of month or two and the way you're playing? Um, I think we're probably playing the best stuff that we've played all season. Um, it was annoying me earlier on. I was on live score and I saw like recent form. And, uh, you know, we have two you know, red circles for losses against Tobol and against Pats. And it's like, we didn't lose either of those games. We didn't concede a goal in either of those games. Um, obviously, it was disappointed to disappointed to lose the, the, the penalty shootout. Um, although I, I didn't really fancy us, I have to say, um, going into them. Um, I, I thought we should have beaten uh, Tobol over the 90 minutes um, and, or, and over the 120 minutes. Same for some pants. We just couldn't put them away. I think that's been our problem this season. You know, we've, we've kind of let teams off the hook when we really shouldn't have. Um, I think uh, I think if we had a, a goal scorer in centre forward, uh, you know, I suppose a lot of teams could say that. But we had Colin Whelan, we signed Colin Whelan, uh, who's coming back from his injury, and we uh, had a recurrence of that at, at home to Rovers. Um, and I think he had played up until then about maybe 15 minutes of football. He'd scored two goals in two games um, and just looked like he was the missing piece of the jigsaw. So, I mean, I think um, it may well be that we come up short this year. If we do, I think it'll just be because we haven't been able to put teams away. Um, I think Paul McMullen's been a great signing on the right-hand side. Uh, I think we may have been a wee bit too predictable um, prior to that, reliant on uh, Mickey Duffy uh, to um, just create uh, stuff out of nothing. Um, whereas uh, last six weeks, McMullen's come in, Patching's come back and he's playing well. Uh, so it, it gives us a lot of kind of creative options uh, in the final third. Um, just so uh, we, we've been we've been playing better. We've been scoring more goals last six weeks or so. Um, but I think you know we're just maybe not ruthless enough. Uh, manager Rory Higgins, uh, presumably home from Paris uh, at this stage, but uh, he's <laughs> already got a cup in the bag. And uh, historically speaking, I mean, there you have won two leagues since uh, entering the league in nineteen eighty five. But with the the backing you have now, is there a demand for? Higgins to deliver a league this time and is this Friday a massive one for him and the team? Um I I don't think I don't think there's too much pressure on him. Uh I um it, it was actually I mean, well, when I say I don't think there's too much pressure on him, I don't think that there's too much external pressure or even pressure from you know um the club hierarchy. I'm sure he puts a lot of pressure on himself. It was it was actually it was good to see him enjoying himself um over in Paris. Um but I mean, like if if Derry don't win the league, I don't think there'll be anyone calling for against head. You know, I think there's been steady improvement um, since he got the job. Um, so I mean, uh, certainly I I'm happy with him, uh, and I'm sure that goes for the majority of Derry City fans. Um, so yeah, look, I mean, it's a huge game, um, and I mean, we'll be hoping we can get a result. But um, you know, um, I think. You know, the things uh, keep getting done properly, keep getting done correctly. And if things look like they're still heading in the same direction, then, you know. Um, and then I look at this, I suppose, um, football's a cutthroat game. You know, whenever things don't seem to go in a, in a you know, upward 
trajectory, you know, sometimes people can be too quick to call for managers' heads. Um, sometimes football is a bit cyclical, uh, like that. I mean, um, are, are, you, are Rovers getting the impression that you know maybe kind of in terms of the cycle of success uh, and a bit of transition maybe in the often um, that may be a, a problem for you guys. Um, how do you mean we're in transition? No, well, no, I'm, I, I don't mean you're, you're, you're in transition, but I mean, you know, obviously you've won three leagues in a row. Things have been going really well for you. Um, but you've got a few players in key positions who might be oh, yeah. coming of a certain age. Gaffney, perhaps, Ronan Finn, um, you know, Alan Manis. Uh, I mean, is, is, do you think that's going to be um, a um, problem in the near future? It was something that was kind of, it was pointed out in, in the middle of last year, although we did get the group stages. Um, that we did have a sort of an aging squad, and yeah, there is a feeling that you know a few players will be moved on. Um, who will they be? I don't know. We did sign three young players, early twenties players, or one was nineteen, but uh, injuries didn't work out for two of them, so that was unfortunate. But yeah, yeah it is an accusation against Rovers that we sort of have a, an old squad like Tell, Finn, Manus. Yeah. Uh, Finn Peak, well, Peak, I wouldn't call him old, but um, yeah, it is something that people are aware of, I suppose. Um, and I mean, do you? Uh, oh, oh, sorry, I, I was meaning to ask you. There's a, there's a, I remember watching Dorian Nugent last season. Um, he was learning at Drogheda, and I noticed him twice against us and thought he was brilliant both times. Uh, and I, I didn't actually know when I saw him that he was a Rovers player. And then, you know, I was kind of thinking, where had he gone? Because, you know, I was expecting him almost to uh, be playing for Drogheda at the start of this year. Um, and uh, so he, he's been on your bench quite a bit. Um, what, what's been the story there? Because, I mean, is he someone that could... Um... Um, his game time has been a bit limited. But when he has come on, actually, he's um, he has impressed. But yeah. it's probably difficult for him to get in the team, even with Jack Byrne injured. There's, you know, there's Watts, Tell, Poom, O'Neill. So it's kind of hard yeah. for him to get a starting place there. But he has looked pretty good when he's played, to be fair to him. Yeah. Yeah. He's also been used on the the right a couple of times, which doesn't suit him at all. I don't yeah. think. I, I mean, uh, my, my recollection of him was kind of as a, a fairly combative centre midfielder, you know, someone that reads the game well. Um, you know, um, I think... In particular, one, it was one game, I think, in the first 15 minutes last season, um, Patrick McElhaney was just giving everyone the runaround. And, you know, Nugent just kind of seemed to read it. And, you know, I, I think he kept fats quiet for um, the the rest of the game and, and started dictating things himself um, a bit as well. So, no, I, I was just wondering about him because, um, like, I, I mean, um, you know, in, in one sense, there's some key players getting to a certain age, but in another sense, we're over some of the bars riches you just named some of the centre feeders there and you know <laughs> it's like you almost uh, you're almost thinking oh I forgot about him um that Dylan Watts seems to have had a quiet enough year he probably has yeah um especially with Jack's injury um we were kind of hoping that Dylan would uh really step up and they you know he's been decent but I suppose we did kind of expect more of him Poom has been has been greatly improved I think in the last month or two and especially from set pieces yeah um, we're actually scoring goals from set pieces now for the first time in ages 
Um, and that's from Poom's corners, yeah. not, not Dylan's. But um, just one final point on on Higgins. Um, this question comes from our mutual friend Emma. Uh, she says, "I was interested in knowing whether it, it makes a difference to fans whether the manager is a dairy man or not. Does it give them a bit more leeway if results aren't going their way?" Um, I think um, we have. I suppose most of our managers since we've uh, joined the league have been from Derry, uh, but I don't think it necessarily uh, results in greater leeway. Um, I mean, I think if you ask Declan Devine, uh, if he thought that he got a bit of leeway being from Derry, um, he probably would say that no, no, he didn't, and he wasn't backed in the same way that Rory was backed. Um, but um, I suppose he, he did get a second crack at the whip, uh, and would he have gotten a second crack at the whip if he wasn't from Derry? Maybe not. Um, like I suppose Stephen Kenny, someone who you know is he practically has the freedom of the city. You know he's, he's so popular, and um, he's from he's from Tala, isn't he? Um, but I think what Stephen did when he was at Derry was that he really nurtured uh, local players. At the time he came in, like he brought six or seven guys back from from England, that like Darren Kelly. Uh, Neil McCafferty, Rory Higgins, um, Paddy McCourt. Well, he be, took Paddy McCourt from Rovers. Um, but um, so, I mean, I suppose he, he did have that as- aspect to it. But um, I, I, I don't think being from Derry gives a manager carte blanche. Um, I'll put it like that. Um, uh, although I, I suppose that there have been some particularly short stints of managers who aren't from Derry, uh, Roddy Collins. Perhaps is an example of that, um, but that was just something that was always doomed to failure. Really, um, the fans never really wanted him. Whenever he came in, recruitment was poor. Um, I suppose that probably was similar enough for for Fenland as well. Didn't get the right players in early doors, but I mean, he he called time in his uh, stay at Derry. So, I mean that that was that wasn't for Derry fans uh, calling for his head. Uh, some may have been, but um, he certainly left at his own terms. And just on uh, the pitch at uh, Roy McBride, Banuel, um, it's, it's been at the centre of some controversy this season. You mentioned Colin Whelan earlier. Uh, you unfortunately never got to see much of him. He did his ACL. Sligo had three serious injuries on it, which they seemed to blame on the service. That was back in March. What's your opinion on it? Um, well, I would rather play on grass um, would be uh, the short answer. Um, I mean, I think sometimes injuries on the pitch are maybe slightly overstated. Um, you know, it's like if you get an injury in the Brandywell, then it's because of the pitch. If you get an injury elsewhere, you know, what's that because of? You know, so, I mean, players do get injured every week, whether they're playing in grass or AstroTurf or 4G or whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, I'm no expert in what causes these injuries, but um, I think it might just be slightly lazy to jump to the conclusion that it's exclusively because of the pitch um, I mean I, I I don't know what happened to the column, he, he did seem to get his get his studs stuck on the surface um, the problem with that pitch is maybe it's, it's a bit dry at times because uh, there's not, there isn't an effective sprinkler surface uh, in situ uh, but there, uh, I mean I, I'm not entirely sure that it is the problem injuries wise that some people would have you think but you know as far as the spectacle is concerned you know grass is, is 
uh, allows for a better game every day of the week. As for robbers and dairy maintenance, you uh, beat us in Todd at the beginning of the year. That's when we made such a slow start. Uh, and we got even for that in June when you visited uh, Dublin again. Uh, robbers in May, actually the last team to leave the brand new well with all three points, uh, 2-0 win, including that uh, great Richie Towell goal. Um, what did you make of the three meetings this year? Um, I thought we were probably second best in all of them, um, to be honest with you. Um, thought the the game at the in Tala was a smash and grab, um, you know. But I mean, I, I think I think Rovers were a bit toothless that that night as well. Aside from Ferugia, perhaps um, we we got a couple of chances and we took them. Um, I think uh, in the game in May in the Brandywell, remember that was a, that was a game Brian Maher made in a. a I think we we started that game very well, um, and our press was was working, and we caused over some problems early doors. But eventually, they they started to play through it. You had the toil goal, which was just a moment of, of sheer quality, um, worthy of settling any game. And then you know, just when we needed to keep it tight to get in at half time and maybe you know regroup, um, Maher made that mistake when he he came out of his goal, and um, Jack Byrne uh, did well to uh, just. Uh, lofted in from thirty or forty yards or um, where, wherever he was, uh, yeah. So that that kind of killed the game. Um, I, I, I can't even remember the uh, the most recent game in Tala, um, but I, I remember it being a difficult watch. <laughs> um, so look, I mean, I think we're, we're we're playing better now than we had been then. So I mean, uh, hopefully that translates to the pitch on Friday. I remember that Tata game well because after Rory Gaffney scored that goal, we didn't score again from open play in seven matches. So I remember his goal pretty well, actually. Was that 1 0? It was 1 0, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, from the edge of the box. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I kind of thought maybe Mara was maybe a bit slow down to it. Um, but yeah, I, yeah I, I remember the goal, but I, I remember thinking, we're not scoring here. <laughs> that, was, that, that was pretty much my thought the whole way through the second half. But. But there you go. Is there one famous or favourite Derry and Roberts game in years gone by that would stick out in your mind? Probably the 2002 Cup final off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, the, there was that, which was you know, that, that was like the game with the the, the fire in Tolka Park. Yeah. Um, where the game was suspended. Uh, funny thing about that game, uh, we had David Kelly playing for us. Uh, he played up front with Liam Coyne that day. And um, he was he had signed a short term day with us, um, and obviously we won the cup that day. So that was his that was his only senior medal as a player, and I think he pretty much retired after the game. Um, I think he, he became uh, was it Forest's assistant manager um, shortly after with, with Billy Davis, but uh, that morning um, he was due to fly into Dublin and. Uh, there was bad fog, I think, from East Midlands where he was flying from. So I think he had to put the foot down. Uh, his flight got cancelled. He had to put the foot down and, and drive to Liverpool to jump on another flight. And I think he made it into the ground uh, via a Garda escort, maybe 20 or 30 minutes before the game. Um, but, you know, from our perspective, it was a good thing that he, he made it at the end. 
And uh, we've got another one from Gary here. He wants to know a current Robbers player you'd like to see sign for City. Um, I suppose that the easy answer would be Jack Byrne. Um, but I don't think that's kind of where we're lacking, to be honest. Uh, I think we've we got plenty of really good players um, in that part of the, the pitch. Uh, I, I think if we had Rory Gaffney, I think we would probably win the league. Um, I think so. I mean, that that's. I think he's probably head and shoulders. Uh, who, you know, I would take from Rovers' side currently. Um, but also a special mention for Nate Ferrugia, who I think would be, you know, a, I mean, he would be class, uh, the class if he, he played for us. And, you know, um, that's probably a position he would walk into. But then he would walk into probably um, his position. He'd walk into several positions and probably every team in the country. Um, I, I, I'm also, I'm, I'm a big fan of Graham Burke. Um, you know, like I think it's. I mean, he doesn't start every game for Rovers, um, but like you've got a, a guy. Not only has he played a competitive international football for Ireland, he scored a goal. He, he just he scored at international level, and he's not starting week in week out for Rovers, which is kind of peculiar. Um, but yeah, no, de- definitely Gaffney would be the 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 one player if if you if you push me on it. Um, but I'd, I'd be kind of curious to know um, who from our team you would take. Um, I've always I've always been a big fan of Duffy's now, but right. he I don't know if we, we get a full season out of him because it just a lot of kind of tends to pick up injuries and stuff. But I mean, a fully fit Duffy, I would I would have answered him as that question from Dundalk and and Derry probably every year of the last few seasons. So yeah, I'd probably pick him. Yeah, yeah. Although I mean. I, I kind of think you know, obviously the way that the system that Bradley plays. I mean, where, where would Duffy start? You know? Oh, that I don't know. Uh, we, yeah. we have a joke, uh, a joke term for the Rovers midfield. It's called the cloud. Uh, no one knows where anybody plays. It's just a cloud of midfielders. So right. you'd have to fit in the cloud somewhere, basically. <laughs> yeah, there you uh, go. Uh, uh, I heard it described as a box before, but uh, <laughs> never a cloud. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, no, like I mean, like I was, I was kind of half expecting you to say Brian Maher. Um, I suppose with a view of the next season because it is Alan Man's last year. Um, yeah. yeah, he probably should have been my choice, basically. In terms of a position most needed, yeah, I should have picked Maher, but I, I just tend to jump at the the outfield yeah. attacking players when I when I when I think of that question, I suppose. Yeah, I, I mean, there, I think there, there's probably a lot of players, you know, that like on both teams that, you know, cancel each other out. Like, I mean, I think your defenders, our defenders are, are you know, like, for example, like, you know, if you swap Pico with, you know, uh, Conley, probably would make a huge difference. If you swap, you know, uh, Cleary with McJanet, probably would make a huge difference. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I think in a few key positions, you know, I think you know, there's definitely um, a few Rovers players that uh, like to have on the team. Like I, I remember the the game that uh, Ferruja had um, for Rovers against Derry and Tala, the first game of the season, he absolutely tortured Ben Doherty for ninety minutes, um, and it was weird because Ben Doherty came out of the game with a goal, um, but you know, I, I don't think that told uh, the full story. 
Right, last question, Kieran. Give us a score prediction for Friday. <laughs> oh God. Um, uh, um, I'm going to say two 0 Derry City. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's my my heart rule in my head, but you know, we just uh, I think it would it would even up the spoils between the, the the two sides this season, and I think we're we're due. A big performance, and if it's a repeat of the Presidents' Cup, then uh, that'll be the score. What well, What do you think? Mm, we, we're not We're not recording our actual actual show until a day or two, so I have I still have time to think for a prediction. <laughs> but um, I'm probably gonna say one all. Well, yeah. you, you'll take that. I'm not gonna say I'll take that because I have. <laughs> Even even two weeks ago, people were saying, "I take a draw now." Um, I suppose we're four points clear, so a draw keeps you at distance, I guess. So yeah. I understand the logic, but yeah, there you go. I'm saying one out. You're saying two nil, Derry. So, uh, Kieran, absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Kurt. Cheers. So, Prof, here we are, Kieran Roddy. Fantastic stuff. Um. Yeah, Point to Guinness. What I think ba- Bugglers or what was the name of the place? Badgers. 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 We can get a nice point of cream up in Derry if we if we fancy it. Um, excellent stuff from him. I loved the question about being involved with your father at club level, and it it just kind of I so now obviously my parents aren't involved with football, but just being involved in the club. It was nice to hear his side of, of yeah. things, you know? Like a Jason Caldwell. Yeah. With Joe Caldwell. I'm always interested in, like, how... The dynamic. How fans and players treat you. Um, but, yeah. And I was saying to you, wasn't I, that these... We do the European opposition fan interviews every year. And they can be hit and miss. I, I think, miss these. I think this year was, was, was decent. But the League of Ireland ones, we haven't done these in a few years. And I remember one or two of them were kind of boring. Um, so that can be hit and miss as well. But uh, I thought Kieran was excellent. He was, uh, Knocked it out of the park. He came highly recommended. Uh, no wonder. We did ask him off air about the Bows loving with Derry. And he's not sure the where, where that comes from. He says he doesn't really mind Robbers or Bows. It's actually Pats and... Shells, he's not too fond really? of. Really, I love even, um, even that type of thing. I love to delve yeah, into that. Yeah. What their personal reasons are for having a particular rivalry with a club. The sun there with Derry and Shells, and there probably goes back to maybe the two thousand six. Do you remember Sligo and Bowes had a thing going for a while? They played each other about nine times in a season, and I think it got tasty. <laughs> yeah. So I remember that one as well. Yeah, like I mentioned there in the interview with Rory Higgins in Paris, although Gary didn't wear a horse's head or wasn't serenading young women or <laughs> no kicking, kicking footballs in the balconies or singing lullabies to babies in prams. So is he really the greatest fan in the world? <laughs> the uh, I, I, I've yet to experience an Ireland away day, Prof. So it's a, a, I think we'll we pop our cherry eventually. We could get all official. No, prof is not in there. He's no interest. Um, yeah, so Kieran Roddy, brilliant and great show out to him. So, prof, we're making friends at club level. That's what we want to do, aren't we? We don't, we don't hate everybody. We like people now. Yes, we like people. <laughs> we like people. So, prof, up next, Stan Levens and predictions.
Hit me, Prof. What have you got? Uh, I'm going first, am I? Or I'm going solo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we got Alamanis, who seems to have just needed a few games to get back into the swing of things. I think that's what it seemed like. Um, I think our back three picked itself nowadays. It's Grace, Pico, Cleary. Um, then the question becomes, is Clark and Ferrugia ready to start this match? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to start both on the flanks. Uh, and then I'm going to go... Poom. Poom is one of the first names in the team she's now because of his set pieces. So Poom, Gary O'Neill, Tell had an excellent game against Bowles. Yep. And then we got Berkey and Gaff. Very hard to argue with that, Prof. Yep. Um, it's all guns blazing. It has to be, doesn't it? It has to be... Like biggest game in a long time. You say, you say all guns blazing, but even hanging around with people after the match against Bowes, already people were like, oh, take a draw now. Take a draw now in Derry. The Derry players hadn't even left Oriel. The bus was still in the car park, yeah. and already people were taking the draw. you got to no. go out to win football, yeah. prof. We know how our glasses are. They're always half full. you got to go out and win. Yeah. Huge game. Absolutely huge game. The nerves... The thoughts oh, of it. This is a big one. The stomach, the knots in it, the nerves, everything about it. Anticipation. It's what you live for. It's all about the football, and you're, just, you're every day is a struggle up until you get to Friday. Did you get onto the to that bus, that train, or uh, wherever you're traveling up the dirty? Speaking of buses, all the buses are gone. All the buses, all the buses wanted. It's literally, and the standby lists are huge. It's flat out. Very few tickets left as we're recording here on single digits Tuesday night. So it's looking like it could be upwards of four fifty. Hundred, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. So we're looking, we're looking at massive numbers up in the brandy well, uh, taking every extra ticket we can get, getting every hoop up there possible. Biggest, biggest game in a in a long time. Get up there, support the hoops, and make yourself heard, prof. It's one of those games where you're going to want to say, I, I, I wanted to be there. I wanted to witness it, you know. I'm hoping it's going to be one of those occasions. But that is it for this week. Prof, it's a big one. We'll see you up in the brandy well. Keep on hooping. See you.